Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Main Street Preps podcast. Today we are calling it the Road to Cookville episode. I'm Russell Venozzi, Main Street Preps editor, joined today by Sumner County Sports Editor Zach Womble, and we are about to break down the TWSAA football playoffs for you. Zach, how's it going tonight? It's going really, it's going really good, Russell. Ready to um, kind of dive into these into these brackets and see, you know, what teams lie and and who has good shots to get to Cookville. And it's it's great that we're that we're here, Zach. That we've had a football season. Getting the postseason, obviously, there's been plenty of hiccups. We expect there to be more hiccups. Um, there already have been some this week. Could be more, you know, as the weeks go on. But as it stands today, it looks like we're going to get those state championships, those Blue Cross Bowls uh, trophies handed out in the first weekend of December. And I think uh, back in July, I think we all would have signed up for that, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we've touched on it a little bit before, but just the the work to get to this point has been stellar by all those involved, administration, players, coaches, fans, everyone. We could not have gotten here without the help of them. So, yeah, just excited and grateful to be in this position to be talking about the Blue Cross Bowl championships. And so before we dive into the specifics, let's just give a little bit of an overview of how this is going to work here. So we're going to break down um, the teams, all the matchups for this week, kind of give some of our state favorites, some players to watch, that kind of thing. First, let's just let's just break it down for you here. So the TWSAA playoffs start this Friday, November 6th, and you're going to have the D- Division I first round and then the D2 single A and double A first round. The D2 triple A still has a couple of regular season games left this Friday. They're going to start their uh, playoffs next week and along with the second round from all the other classifications. So the second round will be Friday, November 13th. The quarterfinals and the D2 semifinals will be Friday, November 20th. The D1 semifinals will be Friday, November 27th. D2 will be off, um, have a bye week there, and then it'll all culminate with the Blue Cross Bowl State Championship Games at Tennessee Tech Thursday, December 3rd through Saturday, December 5th. And right now, tickets are on sale for all of these first-round games, and you can you can find the link to that on twsdlasports.com. Uh, you have to do it through the GoFan app. Just a heads up, you need to have a ticket, a mobile ticket ahead of time for all these games, and they cost $8.00. Um, and if you're not able to make it or the capacity sells out, uh, the tickets sell out, a lot of them are going to be streamed on the, NF- on the NFHS network. And if none of that works for you, of course, you're always going to have our coverage, right, Zach, on Main Street Preps, at Main Street Preps on Twitter or MainStreetPreps.com. We're going to be there all the way through those games in Cookville, and it's going to be a lot of fun over the next month. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, playoff football is always a fun time of the year. They, as they always say, when you play on brown grass, that means you've had a good season, and we're about to be seeing a lot of brown grass as we move forward and try to close out this this 2020 season. That's right. We've had some good weather this week, but those freezes are coming, and uh, the, the weather is changing. And, of course, there's going to be different-looking fields and mud and all that good stuff and cold. So going to have to uh, layer up probably. I'm not a big fan of that. Anything under, like, 55 degrees yeah. is, like, terrible for me. I grew, I grew up in Texas and Tennessee. I just don't do winter. I'm not so a big. I'm not a big by like January 15th every year, but anyways, we'll the tough it out. Help, the mask will help a little bit. Yeah, that keeps that does keep your nose a little bit warmer than usual. But hey, just to get it started here, Zach, let's let's just go ahead and right off the top talk about who we think from Middle Tennessee can make it to Cookville for these state championship games at Tennessee Tech. Let's just go down all the classifications and kind of give maybe one, two favorites if 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 you think there's a second one of some of these area teams. Uh, that, that might be able to make it and, and have a chance to lift that that gold ball, uh, gold football, I should say, in uh, in December. I guess you want to start. You want to start with single A. 
Let's do it. And, and a little ca- caveat here, we don't cover a whole lot of single A and or a 1A and 2A teams. So we're kind of grasping at straws here, but we're going to do our best and then try to give you a little more insight for the, the Nashville area teams and all the counties that border Nashville. Are our, that's kind of our main coverage area for Main Street Preps. But we're going to do, we've done some research and we're going to do our best to talk about these other ones. But yeah, Zach, go ahead and kick us off here. Who is your Middle Tennessee favorite to make it to Cookville? Let's make that, this clear. It's just to make it to Cookville, not necessarily to win the entire thing. But who do you think from Middle Tennessee has a chance in well, Class 1A? Well, there's not a ton of teams to choose from. A lot of them are out east or out closer to Chattanooga. But, you know, just combing through the list here, I think 7-2 and two Gordonsville is always a good pick to make a run to Cookville. Region 4, number one seed this year, having a really good year. I think you can always look at the, them. Uh, you can always look at Monterey, who's the two seed out of that same region. So I think there's two – uh, Middle Tennessee area teams to look at to make a run at it. I think it would be one of those two teams. They obviously would have to play one another uh, to get to Cookville. But I think if anyone had a shot out of that top side or top half of the bracket in single A, it would be those two schools. I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw out a few teams in the bottom half of the bracket because I think that top half of the bracket is going to, potentially going to be dominated by South Pittsburgh. I was looking at this, at their uh, history, and I, I couldn't believe it. They have not been to Cookville since 2013. I, I, I remember growing up watching them, seeing them on TV in those state championship games. They've, I think they've won at least five state titles. And it's hard to believe it's been seven years since they've been to Cookville. But this, I think this could be their year to get back. Um, they are 9-1, and one, I believe. Yep, 9-1. and one. And I don't see a whole lot of teams standing in their way. Maybe, like you said, Gordonsville you know, could give them a run there. But – I like South Pittsburgh to escape the top half of the bracket. And that's why the teams that I'm mentioning here in class one, a again, haven't seen them play. don't know a ton about them, but I'm going Fayetteville at eight and two and Moore County at nine and one, they would have to meet in the quarterfinals. So the semifinals are not big enough for both of them, but um, I think it could be if, if you're, if there is a chance for any middle Tennessee teams, and like you said, it's, this could be a classification where we don't get any that make it to Cookville. I think it could be one of those against South Pittsburgh, but that's just my wild guess. Yeah, I, real quick, uh, you know, I mentioned those two teams, but I think you're right. South Pittsburgh is going to make it to Cookville, and I think they're going to play uh, more county. I'll just throw out my prediction for single A. And I think South Pittsburgh is, you know, like you said, they're, they're a tradition-rich program that uh, is, is used to winning, and I think that picks back up this year. All right, so Zach's a big Moore County guy all of a sudden, so we're going to hold you to that, Zach. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to, to Class 2A. Who do you have there? that could make it uh, make that trip down I-40 to Tennessee Tech? Yeah, so I, I like Watertown. I mean, I've liked them all season long. They're in a tough region. They, they challenge themselves throughout the year. Um, region 4 is number one seed, 9-1 and one on the year. They've got a pretty easy game in round one and a, and a game in round two that, that should be fairly manageable. But that quarterfinal round against Bledsoe County is who I presume it to be is going to be tough. But uh, if anyone out of, out of the middle Tennessee area makes it, I, I like Watertown. I'm going to agree with you here. I have Watertown on my list for, for class 2A. However, with the note that they only beat Trousdale County 9-7 to this year in the regular season. And last year, they actually beat Trousdale County in the regular season and then lost a quarterfinal matchup, the game you just mentioned here, 22-19. That's, that was last year. And four of the last five meetings between Watertown and Trousdale County have been by, decided by three or less points. So... I think if Trousdale County can get by Bledsoe County in the second round, assuming they both make it there, I think it's going to be Watertown, Trousdale in that quarterfinal. I, I give a slight, slight, slight edge to Watertown, but 
those two teams have battled so much over the last couple of seasons, and I would not be shocked if, if, if they got to meet again, that one could go either way. Yeah. Um, and I think so whoever survives that game, you know, if that game happens would be who I think will make it. But um, right now I'm going to stick with Watertown and we'll see how it goes. And so I, I think we're also probably in agreement on class three, a, but Zach, well, let's, how about you kick that one off? Yeah. So um, I think, man, you know, looking at that top half of the bracket, it's hard to look at any team not named Alcoa, right? I mean, just year in and year out, they, they make the trip to Cookville and, and more often than not, they're, they're winning. Um, but on the bottom side of that bracket where you're going to find a little bit more uh, middle Tennessee teams, I think you, you look at Pearl Cone um, and you just, you know, obviously what they can do with their athletes on the field is, is, is remarkable. The region fives number one seed. I understand they've only played six games this year due to Metro's ruling of, of when they could start football games. But um, I think Alcoa and Pearl Cone are on a clash course uh, to meet in Coteville, but I would not be surprised if you, if you had another team uh, make make a surprise. I think you're right about Alcoa. It's definitely them against, against the field here. They've made seven straight trips to Cookville for the Blue Cross Bowl. I think we can pencil them in again this year. You know, obviously, and we probably should have said this at the top, all these predictions and things we're making are not taking into account anything that could happen with COVID-19, any right. contract contact tracing players that might miss games, any teams that have to quarantine and have to forfeit. So all of that not, notwithstanding, I do think Alcoa and some of these other favorites that we're talking about can, you know, continue some of their success. Alcoa has won the last five championships. They, they met Pearl Cone last year, beat Pearl Cone 27-0. Pearl Cone's quarterback, though, Martino Owens, got pretty badly hurt in that game, had to go to the hospital. Um, things like a dislocated ankle or something – or something in the leg region. I'd have to look it up, but it was, it was gruesome. It was bad. He, I'm sure would love another chance at Alcoa. He's a senior now and he's, he's got Pearl Cone rolling. They've, like you said, they're six and oh, they won their last four games, uh, 195 to zero, 195 to zero. Let me say that again, just cause it's so impressive. Uh, even regardless of the competition, I do think Milan or Covington could, could give them a challenge in the semifinals. But otherwise, I mean, I feel pretty good about Alcoa, Pearl Cone in, in the championship, but, um, you know, hard to pick against Alcoa. It would be a great story if Pearl Cone could do it to upset them, to upset Alcoa, uh, the, the reigning champs for five years in a row, especially given that, like you said, Pearl Cone started their season so late because of the Metro National Schools and their mandates and things like that. So it would be a really cool story. I, I think Pearl Cone's going to get, you know, probably four or five more games here, but um, they're definitely have a big challenge in the semifinals and an even bigger challenge in, in the championship game if, if it gets to that. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. I think it's, like you said, it's Alcoa versus the field if you're a betting, betting person. Which I don't think either of us are, fortunately. No, That's yeah, no. about it all. Yeah. Although you know, sports gambling is illegal in Tennessee hey, no now. Free shout, no free shout-outs. No free shout-outs. Yeah. yeah, I'm a fantasy football guy, okay? We stick to um, just pride. Yeah. But anyways, to keep this from going off the rails here, let's move to Class 4A. There's quite a few Middle Tennessee teams in there that we think could be competitive. Zach, who do you who do you like the most in Class 4A in Middle Tennessee? Yeah, so I'm going to look at the bottom half of the bracket and Springfield. Um, I mean, Dustin Wilson and, and the Yellow Jackets just year in and year out just continue to get the job done. They're going to be at home in their first-round game against Jackson Southside. And they are going to set up with an interesting game in round two, what I presume to be Hardin County. Um, but I, I think this is a team in Springfield that can make a really a real run at it and uh, get back to Cookville. So that's that's what that's who I like on the bottom half of the bracket for uh, for four A. I have something else later in the podcast to say about one of Springfield's players, um, but I'll save that for then. 
I of course got to cover Springfield all throughout the playoffs last year as the Robertson County reporter. It was a, it was a great thrill. It was a lot of fun. Um, they upset a couple teams there in the quarterfinals and semifinals, at least one of them ended in overtime. So it was, you know, one, one was on a game winning field goal too. So Springfield, they've made it to Cookville now two out of the last three years. Um, they're nine and one this year, but 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 they have to go on the road if they make it to the quarterfinals and semifinals. They would have to head to West Tennessee to play those games because they got because um, this is an uh, even numbered year. So the bottom team on the bracket will have to go. And right now Springfield would be on the top if they were to make it that far. Last year they got to host all the way through Cook to Cookville and then went to Tennessee Tech after four home games. This year they would have to go on the road potentially to some of those uh, contenders like Haywood or. Haywood, and I think that's probably the main one that they would probably play in the semifinals, or uh, Lexington potentially in the quarterfinals is nine and one. They would get to host Harding County though if, if they in the second round, so that that'll be nice. But I think that road is tougher for Springfield this year. So I'm going Tullahoma actually in the top half of the bracket. They're ten and zero. It's like their best season in a long, long time. They were just zero and ten very recently, maybe in last year, or the year before. Um, they've got Jacoby Thomas, who is uh, you know a great player uh, all around, and. I think Tullahoma is going to make it. It could very well – Tullahoma is on the top half of the bracket, so it could be Tullahoma-Springfield. But I think it's probably going to be Tullahoma versus one of those West Tennessee teams. And um, But I, I am definitely not betting against Dustin Wilson and Springfield because they've been so good in the playoffs. But um, I think it's going to take a lot to, to go their way for that to happen again. Yeah, real quick point about the top half of the bracket. I just feel like it's a little tougher than the bottom half because on the top half, you've got Elizabethton, You've got Greenville, you've got Anderson County, you've got Sullivan South. You've got, you've got these teams that are really good um, and, and can make life hard for a Tullahoma. You've got Marshall County, who if Tullahoma beats Stone Memorial in round in round one, I fully expect them to play a Marshall County or a good Macon County team in round two. So they've just got a really tough road uh, to that compared to Springfield in my eyes. But I, I could absolutely, absolutely see Tullahoma yeah. making a run at it. I agree with you there. I do think there's a good chance that that semifinal game on the top half is Elizabethton um, at Tullahoma, or it's going to be at Tullahoma though. So that, that would be fortunate for them. They're on the bottom half of that matchup. So they would at least not have to go, you know, three hours. There might be three and a half or four actually to Elizabethton. That's way, way up there um, close to Virginia. So that could help, but yeah, I guess we'll see how, how 4A plays out, but um, let's go ahead and move on to class 5A if there's nothing else there. Zach, who and this is a this is a uh, classification you are pretty well versed in. Uh, several of your Summer County teams are in there. Who do you think can make it to Cookville from Middle Tennessee from Class Five A? So I think you have two teams um, that have a realistic op- shot at it. I think Henry County, Summit, um, and then if you wanted to throw a third team in there, you, you would throw Beach in there. And I'll really dive into them a little bit more later. But uh, sticking with just Henry County and Summit, I think uh, those two teams would obviously have to play each other in the semifinal round. Um, so one of them is going to cross each other out. But both of those teams uh, have a realistic opportunity to not just make it to Cookville, but to win it all. I know those Knoxville schools are very tough on the top half of, half of the bracket. But if there was ever a year um, for Henry County or someone to bring it home, it'd be this year. You know, I've seen Henry County play, and I, I really like what they what they do, and they've gotten better this year. So if I had to put pinpoint two teams out of the Middle Tennessee area, it'd be uh, Henry County and Summit. Yeah, I'm going with Summit as well. Um, they're a strange story this year. They've only played six games on the field. Um, they've had like four, I believe, COVID cancellations. Uh, their opponents had COVID issues, and so they got wins out of those games. 
Um, they've only played one game since the start of October. Um, so you could view that as maybe being a little rusty, but I also think it's probably given them a chance to get healthy. Most notably, Keaton Wade has missed basically the entire season uh, on and off with, an an- with ankle issues uh, and other injuries. And so if they've got Keaton Wade back to go with Destin Wade, uh, you got to like that pairing, the quarterback, running back, uh, slash linebacker. Keaton Wade also plays linebacker in addition to running back. They lost to Knox Central in last year's championship game uh, in, in 5A, and you got to think those guys are hungry. Uh, I know they're only juniors, um, so they still have another chance next year too. But I think if Keaton Wade is healthy, uh, Summit probably going to run through the field there and uh, potentially have another chance this year. But I, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I would think they're going to beat Hillwood in round two, uh, either Gallatin or Columbia in round two. On the road at what I presume to be Beach is going to be difficult you know, you can never count out an Anthony Crabtree-led team. But I think if they they have what it takes, if healthy, to, to get past that game. And then, again, would have to go on the road, if presumed to be Henry County. So, if someone's going to get to Cookville, it's going to take them a while to get there because they have to travel all the way from Thompson Station to Shackle Island and then from Thompson Station to Paris, Tennessee. So, a long drive if you want to get to Cookville from Summit. Yeah, right there in Spring Hill, actually. But, yeah, right there by Thompson Station. That is quite a haul. I made that drive, let's see, last Friday, and I-65 North was shut down for a fiery uh, crash, and I spent two hours sitting in a parking lot on I-65, got home about 12.45 after the Ravenwood Independence game last Friday. Man, that was – I had some peanut butter crackers in my car, thankfully, but that was a complete debacle. But that kind of segues us into the next classifications act, Class 6A. So I'll go ahead and give my favorite here because I just mentioned them. I think it's Ravenwood. Um, they've had a, a weird season. Their record six and four. You know, if you were just a casual observer, you probably wouldn't pick them out of this bracket to advance to Cookville. But what's really important about Ravenwood here is you got to look at their road. You got to look at their bra- where they're in, where they are in the bracket. It's very, very favorable. So they got they beat Independence last week to get the number two seed which was very ideal because now they get a buy in the first round because Stewart's Creek, their opponent, the number three seed in region five, six, a um, can't play. So Ravenwood's already into the second round. And then, so you look, okay, who they're going to play second, uh, who are they going to play in that second round? It's going to be the winner of Smyrna and Franklin. Well, they've already destroyed Smyrna a couple weeks ago and they beat Franklin by two or three scores back in September. So at that point, we're basically penciling Ravenwood to the quarterfinals and that is probably going to be the winner of Independence and Brentwood. So they're probably going to see another one of those Williamson County teams again, but they just beat Independence by two scores. And they had a really good chance to beat Brentwood um, back in, it might've been September. uh, Yeah. September 18th or 25th, one of those kind of mid season. That game went to overtime. Ravenwood, I think fumbled and threw like two or three interceptions. Uh, Turnovers just absolutely killed them in that game. Otherwise I think they would have won that game too. So that would then put them in the semifinals. And at that point, all of those West Tennessee teams that are left, I just don't see any of them beating Ravenwood. Ravenwood's four losses are to some of the some of the best teams out there. They lost to Brentwood, CPA, ING Academy, literally the number one team in the nation by Max Preps, and Pulaski Academy from Arkansas, which is this crazy team that never punts and stuff, and they're really good. They've won a bunch of state championships in Arkansas. And so I really like Ravenwood to get to the final, final game there in Cookville. Do you agree with that, Zach, or is there somebody else that you're looking at here in 6A? Yeah, so um, I, I do agree with that, I think what I've initially picked in, in, in my state championship is Oakland versus Ravenwood for the 6A title. Uh, but just to, let, let's just – I just want to be different for a second. I'm actually going to throw a different scenario at you. I think Brentwood could make a run at it. All those reasons you, you just uh, named about Ravenwood, 
Um, Brentwood, obviously, the number one seed out of Region 6. So, clearly, they have done what they needed to do to win their region games to, to, uh, to get in this position. So, I think they're a team at home in the quarterfinals, presume against Ravenwood. You have a chance to win that game. And then, again, kind of like you mentioned with the West Tennessee teams, I'm not sure they have what it takes. Bartlett, six and one. They really just haven't – they're kind of like a little bit like Metro Nashville, but they haven't really played as many games because of COVID protocols. So I would guess just judging off a record alone, maybe Bartlett would host Brentwood. But I would I would like Brentwood in, in that game against whoever. And uh, to change it up from the Oakland pick, I'll say Maryville gets through. So Maryville versus Brentwood is actually the 6A title game that I'm going to pick just to be different. Yeah, and if you're listening out there in the Murfreesboro area, I don't think we're trying to fade Oakland or anything. They're obviously a great team. They're number one in our poll. They just have that unfortunate task of having to get through Maryville. Not to say that they can't do it, but there's kind of that middle hurdle of, you know, Maryville is literally in it. feels like every year they're such a powerhouse, right? And Oakland has had problems with them in the past. Yeah, it's a toss-up game. I mean, I think being, being at Oakland maybe helps a little bit, but – the, both teams are so well coached. They're so mentally prepared. I don't think environment, especially in a year like 2020, is going to change anything, affect anything. Um, I'm just being a little different. Do, uh, would I be surprised if Oakland made it? Heck no. I mean, I don't think anyone would, right? But it's either going to be Oakland or Oakland or Maryville that wins it all. I guess I can I can say that. I can yeah. feel confident. I, I think we can say it's either going to be Oakland or or Maryville against a Williamson County team. Can we say yeah. that? Yeah. And. Just to, to talk about Brentwood for a second, the reason I picked Ravenwood over them to get to, the, to, to Cookville, I'm a little concerned about Brentwood. So their school was shut down this week for COVID-19. They are virtual learning through Friday. Um, they have to play Cane Ridge in the first round. And we just don't know if any of their players, if any of their key players are going to be out um, or if any of them have to be quarantined because maybe they were exposed to those, those cases, those 29 cases at Brentwood High School. Um, so that is a concern there in the first round. And then after that <laughs> – they're probably going to play Independence because Independence, we're picking them later on in the show to beat Laverne. And so then Independence is a team they just lost to on their home field two weeks ago. So Brentwood's road would have been significantly easier had they been uh, the second seed. That's why that second seed was so important that Ravenwood got. But I just think if, if Brentwood does get manage to get past Independence, then it's like they got to play Ravenwood again. And Ravenwood's going to be out for blood. And I believe those two teams have split regular season, postseason the last two years. So – I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was Brentwood, like you said, but right now, given all the circumstances, I've got to go Ravenwood. All right, well, let's move on to Division Two now, Zach. Uh, Division Two single A, I think there's a pretty obvious pick here, but there's probably another team or two that has a chance. Who, who do you think is going to be here? Yeah, so obvious choices. I think you could go with the Davidson Academy or a DCA, um, but sleeper picks, you could go Friendship Christian, Nashville Christian, heck, even Middle Tennessee Christian. You just never know. Whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. Are you serious? <laughs> Middle Tennessee Christian is into the second round, folks. We can say that they Columbia Academy unfortunately has had COVID cases, so they're going to be they're going to meet, not beat necessarily uh, USJ in the second round. But hold on, Zach, where where is all this coming from? Davidson Academy is the two time defending state champion. I'm, yeah, that's the, the first thing I, mean, I mentioned. Then I mentioned DCA, and then I miss, mentioned USJ. You're covering your bases here, aren't you? You just you're throwing everybody out there just in case. Like, listen, hey. I mentioned the favorites first, Davidson Academy slash DCA. And then, you know, you go to your – so you have your you have your uh, D2 single-A favorites, your D2 single-A hopefuls, which is where I would throw the USJ uh, in there. I would throw the 
Nashville Christians in there. I'd throw the Kings Academy in there. And then you'd have your uh, anything can happen. That's why they play the game type of bracket, which is where you'd put your MTCSs. Okay, fair. I will say I, you know, <laughs> I will, I don't know what I'll do if, if <laughs> Davidson Academy doesn't make it out of the bottom of that bracket versus Kings Academy, Nashville Christian yeah. teams. I think they were far superior to. Um, and you mentioned, so I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think Davidson Academy is my top favorite to make it to Cookville and not only make it, but win it. Yeah. You mentioned DCA as a favorite, which I think that's interesting because there's, how about their story? They were 10 and they're 0 and 10 two years ago. This year they're 9 and 0 slash 10 and 0, depending on what you count as a COVID win and what you don't, but they're undefeated in the regular season. Tornado hit their school and their football field, obviously in March, those tornadoes that came through Nashville, they've had to basically rebuild the whole thing. Got to talk to Coach Paul Wade. If you listen to last week's Main Street Preps podcast, he was on here. It was a really great conversation. Go check that out on our SoundCloud if, if you haven't already. But DCA is really the upstart program here, and I think there's a very good chance uh, that they meet Davidson Academy for an all-Middle Tennessee Blue Cross Bowl, and I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what, actually what I have in my notes is DCA versus DA. I was, I was tempted to pick USJ over DCA, in the third round, um, you know, that game, USJ versus DA was played last year in Cookville, so it's easy to pick, to pick that rematch. Um, but DCA, good story. They're kind of battling through it right now. Like you said, 9-0, having a really good year. Um, I, but, again, I don't think – I don't think if USJ or DCA is beating Davidson Academy. I think Davidson Academy is just on a different level. And I think unless something crazy happens, whether it be COVID or injury, I think – it's DA's gold ball to take home, which would be what their third in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Third in a row, yep. Yeah. So, so impressive run for the Bears. Now, let's move up a classification here in D2 to double A. I'll, I'll kick it off here, Zach, since you just give you a little bit of a break there. I like CPA here. Um, that's probably kind of the easy pick. Now, I will say Lipscomb Academy. Very impressive. They have won their last eight games now under under Trent Dilfer in his second season. They have clearly turned a corner here in year two. Got a a great running back in Alex Broom that they added to the to the equation in week three. He's um, I think scored like 17, 18 touchdowns, something like that, in only what seven games, I guess it was, seven or eight games. And then that, that was they're pairing that with a, a pretty good defense and a quarterback, Luther Richardson, that really knows how to sling the ball around. So I think as in as in uh, single A and in D two, I think there's a good chance for an all Middle Tennessee uh, Blue Cross Bowl here as well. CPA and Lipscomb Academy are are on opposite sides of the bracket, and for CPA, I, I, the only challenger I really see is CAK, um, but I don't think they've played the competition that CPA has played. I don't think they're quite to the same caliber, so I would like CPA um, to advance in that semifinal game to Cookville, and then Lipscomb Academy is going to have to get through Lausanne and ECS, but if they can do that then they're going to head to Cookville too. That would be a great rematch because they just played a, a great game a couple of weeks ago on my TV 30 CPA or Lipscomb Academy, excuse me, pulled that one out 20 to 14 to win the middle region title for the first time in like a decade. So that was a huge win for them. And uh, I know CPA would love to have a rematch in Cookville. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I think my sleeper team for that region was Lausanne, but I think Lipscomb Academy throughout the season has shown that they are one of the best teams in the state in their region. Not just their region. I mean, heck, they compete with the 3A schools in D2. And, and CPA obviously having a really good year this year. I think, again, like like you just said, CPA versus Lipscomb Academy in the final. And I'm take, I would take the Mustangs in, in that second game. I picked them in the first game. They didn't let me down. So I, I would take them again. All right. Well, Mustang Nation, if you guys are listening, Zach Womble, 
believes in you and we will see uh, if he's right. That would be a really good story though. Uh, Trent Dilfer, you know, in his second season, getting them to Cookville. Um, they lost in the state semifinals last year. Maybe this is the next step for them. Moving on to D2 AAA. We don't have a bracket for this yet. There's still a couple of regular season games to be played and to finalize this thing. That's going to be available on Friday night and certainly by Saturday morning. So if you want to check that out, you know, we'll have it on the site, mainstreetpreps.com by Saturday morning. I just, I, I can't get past Brentwood Academy here. They're 10 and 0. They've found a way to win every game. They're not beating their opponents by a ton, but they're also playing a really tough schedule. And they've got a quarterback in Taylor Montiel. He's a senior having a really good season. I think he's a good candidate for Mr. Football. They've got a line with Noah Josie and Eli Sutton, both going to ACC schools. And I just, I don't know. And they've also had Deuce Scott too, emergent running back. And I've got to go with the Eagles as the favorite to make it to Cookville. And I think good chance of winning it all too. Yeah, so real quick, you know, you mentioned the fact that they're not winning by a lot. Russell, I don't know if you've ever seen the Fast and the Furious movies, but in the first one, there's a scene in the race where Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are standing side by side, and Paul Walker tells him he almost had him in a race, and Vin Diesel throws up his arms, and he says, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or by a mile, winning is winning. So whether B.A., going back to my point, whether B.A. wins by one point or 30 points, it's still a win. I'm I'm like you. I think they are the state favorite. Um, I, a few weeks ago, I was thinking BA versus Christian Brothers in the final. That's the, the brackets are not going to allow that to happen. Um, if I had to pick right now, I'm going to go Montgomery Bell Academy versus Brentwood Academy for the D23A state championship, and I like the Eagles. All right. Well, we'll see if that pans out. I, I think just for the sake of throwing another name in there, depending on how the bracket shakes out, like, like we said, there's still some scenarios. It's not official, and we don't know exactly where everybody's going to line up. But I think another one to watch, too, is Father Ryan. Yeah, They were competitive with Brentwood Academy, and uh, I don't know. I think if they played NBA, they'd have a good chance to win that game. So we'll see. That is, But that wraps up, I believe, all of the classifications. And so we've touched on a few kind of underdog teams, Zach, but if you had to name one sleeper team, maybe two if you, if you, can't, if you can't limit it down to one, one sleeper team in all the playoffs that you think has a chance of, of pulling some surprises and maybe, maybe ending up at Cookville, maybe not, but – at the very least, turning some heads uh, in November. Who, who do you think a, a team is that could do that? Well, I think you just have to fall back on your past experiences, and past experiences lead me to thinking about Beach High School and Anthony Crabtree. I mean, he's got two gold footballs on his resume and a silver one as well. Um, he has multiple times playing in the semifinal round, multiple years making it to the quarterfinals. Listen, they, they have a path to get there. Um, they would need to get past Summit, but that's a game that they would host in the third round. Summit is a team that has not been battle-tested the way the Beach has been battle-tested this year. They've already played Henry County, I believe, in week three, maybe, week three. Um, regardless, they won that game. It was at home. This game in the fourth round would be on the road at Henry County. This is a game that uh, Beach has shown to, to win in the past. And, listen, I'm never going to count out an Anthony Crabtree-led football team they always play good when, when the weather gets cold. And they find any little ounce of, of doubt or negativity, whether it be from a, a, another team, another coach, media member, it doesn't matter. They always use that to their advantage. So if there is a team to look out for this year, I would say it's Beach High School. Well, I think you counted them out a little bit a couple of years ago when you didn't pick Anthony Crabtree as the Sumner County Coach of the Year. And they went all the way to the semifinal round. That's heck over that. So. Yeah, they went all the way to the semifinal round that year. Uh, with a team that was probably on paper, uh, you know, a first round or second round team, but instead they, they made it all the way to the fourth round because 
of, of, of that little stuff right there. They find any little advantage that they can and they use it to their ability. And, and like I said, he's just a heck of a coach. And that's just a team that I'm never going to count out from, from making a deep run. I think that's a good pick. And I'm going to stay in that general region uh, of the playoffs in class 5A for my sleeper team. I'm going Henry County. These guys have won six straight games to finish the regular season eight and two. They've only lost to Beach, and we just talked about in Brentwood, another team that we're pretty high on. They have a bye for the first round because the Shelby County schools aren't playing. So that's a, a great week to, you know, rest your legs, get healthy, all that kind of stuff. And then after that, they only need to win twice to get to the semifinals. And one of those teams, the first team would probably be Dyer County, who they just beat 53-20. So I don't see them having a problem there. And so my pick is Summit will make it to the semifinals. Do you think it could be Beach? I guess we'll see. But I'm sure Henry County would love a rematch with Beach and maybe try to, you know, for for that regular season loss. But I think if anybody's going to challenge Summit in the bottom half of their bracket, my my pick for that is Henry County. Um, They score a ton of points. They've got a, a really good quarterback in Ryan Damron and a dynamic running back, an athlete in Jamarcus Johnson. And uh, I think, I don't know, I, I think Summit will get to Cookville, but they're going to have a challenge with Henry County if, if that semifinal matchup happens. And so we've talked about some sleeper teams, Zach. What about, well, let's talk players here. What about an under-the-radar player, the kind of guy that really just holds the keys to his team's postseason success? What, what's maybe a name or two that you would put in that category? Well, I don't know how much under the radar they are um, because they're having such breakout seasons. And I think both of these guys will be uh, semifinalists for the Missile Football Awards, maybe even finalists. But I think the first one you look at is Warren County. C.J. Taylor uh, has over 1,500 yards rushing this year, nearly 500 yards passing, uh, has 23 total touchdowns, has eight 100-yard rushing games, is clearly the catalyst of that offense. They're eight and two because of him. They gave Oakland everything that they could handle last week in a rain-soaked game in, at Warren County. So I think that is a player that will have to lead his team if they want any shot of, of getting to Cookville or making it to the semifinals or third round. You know, they actually will match up if they can get past Mount Juliet with that same Oakland team in the second round. So that's a player right there that literally leads his team and puts them on his back. And if they are ever to make a run at Cookville, he's going to be the reason why. And then the other guy, real quick, Jackson Campbell from Independence, over 1,500 yards passing, 15 touchdowns this year. Obviously has Independence in a really good position. I know we've kind of went over the road. It's it's a pretty tough road. Uh, that side of the bracket having to deal with Brentwood and or Ravenwood. So, uh, you know, it's I think it's going to be really tough for both of those guys. But I think those are two guys that could – that don't be surprised if you see their teams playing in late November. It's because of their play. All right, well, my guy here is Cavantes Hudson's uh, Springfield senior quarterback. Got to see a ton of him last year um, as that Robertson County reporter, like I said, and he's continued to improve this year as a passer, as a runner. Um, he, he wills his team to win. He scored four touchdowns last week to help them beat Creekwood for the region title. And this guy was so clutch last November in the playoffs, getting them to Cookville, even though they eventually lost to Elizabeth. And, you know, this season he's got a, a 67% uh, completion percentage. He's thrown for well over 1,000 yards. I think he's got like 25 total touchdowns somewhere around there. This guy is five foot five, five foot six, five foot seven, depending on what kind of shoes he's wearing and who's doing the measurements. But man, he plays a lot bigger than that. And he's, this is just a fun high school football quarterback that you just can't help but root for just because he plays hard and uh, he's a nice kid and he's kind of an underdog, but he does get a little bit of love every once in a while. Um, Springfield's nine and one, obviously. And he's a, huge reason why so I think if Springfield's going to get back to Cookville like you think they might Cavantes Hudson everything's going to run through him 
Now, another name that's a little more well-known because you kind of did that to you throughout a, a Jackson Campbell. The guy that snuffed out Jackson Campbell last week was Ravenwood linebacker, Junior Colson. Now he's a Michigan commitment. It's going to play high level football. Um, so that was a very tough challenge for Campbell, but he was basically the QB spy on him. Everywhere that Campbell went, Colson was, was right there with him. He had eight tackles in a, a 28-14 win last week. Um, and Jackson Campbell still managed to pass for 200 yards, but he only rushed for 32 and scored in through two passing touchdowns. And for most quarterbacks, that's a pretty big game. But for Campbell, that was down, and it was enough for Ravenwood to get it done. So I think Colson can do similar, you know, similar work against, uh, you know, Kay Granzel if they see him in the, uh, the quarterfinals. I think he can do similar uh, work against um, – Franklin's quarterback, Connor Beaven, and Smyrna's quarterback, Landon Miller, if that's their second-round matchup. So, uh, yeah, having a guy like Junior Colson on your team, I think, instantly is helps you win playoff games. We've talked about the players. So, Zach, let's do our, our bracket-by-bracket picks, and I think we're running pretty long on time here. And if you're still listening, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, you must really love high school football, just like we do. So, Zach, let's just do this. Uh, let's go classification by classification and run down these Middle Tennessee games and just tell me who you're picking over who. Let's let's go single A r- right down the bottom. So I've got Collinwood over Huntland, uh, Copper Basson over Clay County, Fayetteville over Brewston, Gordonsville over Whitwell, uh, Huntington in their game over Cornersville, Monterey over Cell Creek, Moore County over Wayne County, and South Pittsburgh over Joe Burns. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically the same there. Uh, oh, did you have something else, Zach? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm basically the same here. We got Huntland over over Collinwood, Copper Basin over Clay County, Fayetteville over Brewston, Gordonsville over Whitwell, Huntington over Cornersville, Monterey over Sale Creek, Moore County over Wayne County, and South Pittsburgh over Joe Burns. Now moving on to 2A, I've got Bledsoe County over Cascade, Forest over East Hickman, I've got Lewis County over Scotts Hill, I've got Westmoreland in an upset at Marion County. I've got, Ooh, okay. Yeah, I've got Riverside uh, over Eagleville, Charlesdale County over Tyner, Watertown over Teleco Plains, and Waverly over Loretto. Okay. We were the exact same there except the Westmoreland-Marion County game. Is there anything about Westmoreland that, that you like? I know they're coming off. They, they, they beat White House Heritage a week or two ago, right? I mean, is yeah. there anything about them yeah. that you think gives them an edge there? Listen, I, this is a team that – and so many coaches struggle to do this, but this is a team that, that gets better, has gotten better each week. And, and they really have Westmoreland has whether it be a stingy defense, a good offense that knows how to keep the keep the sticks moving. Uh, I think Coach Chad Perry and his staff will have the, that group ready. And Marion County six and two on the year, you know, a two seed out of their region. Those three two games can go either way. A lot of times, I actually do like Westmoreland in, in that game, and I think they they handle their business pretty well. All right, well we'll see how that goes. I'm gonna I'll go ahead and rattle off my class three picks, Zach, and you tell me if if you have anything different here. I'm going East Nashville over Fairview, Giles County over Harpeth, uh, Loudon over York Institute, Pearl Cone over Camden, uh, Brainerd at Smith County, or Brainerd over Smith County, Stewart County over Stratford, and Upperman over Single Mountain. Two differences. The first two, I have Fairview over East Nashville, and I have Harpeth over Giles County. Oh, boy. Harpeth over Giles County. All the che- Cheatham County stand up. You guys have a believer here. Um Wow. This is I don't even know what to say about that. I, I don't know what to say about that. That's listen, this is this that is, would be the upset of the first round if it were to happen. Hey, listen, I, I've been known to hit a time or two, so don't be surprised <laughs> if you wake up Saturday and you see 
the Indians on top. Well, see, Zach, a 300 average in baseball is great. You know, you can hit every once in a while if you strike out the other six or seven times. But when it comes to picks, man, you got to be in that 70 plus, 70% plus range or it gets, it's tough. But okay, okay, we'll give you that one. And I, I, I think East Nashville is going to beat Fairview too. Fairview does have Logan Nardozzi, a really good running back. He's, um, they've kind of been slowed by COVID. And I, I think Nardozzi may have been hurt um, if I've got the right guy there. And I don't know, East Nashville, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily going to get past Pearl Cone. You know, they lost by two or three scores of Pearl Cone, but I do think they at least get out of the first round. So we disagree there, but that's all right. So let's move on to, uh, to Class 4A. Zach, what, what, what do you have here for your picks? Yeah, so I got Creekwood over Jackson Northside. I have DeKalb County over Spring Hill. I have Hardin County over White House Heritage in a sneaky good game. I've got Lexington over White House. Marshall County over Macon County, another sneaky good game. Nolensville over Livingston Academy. Springfield over Jackson Southside. And Tullahoma over Stone Memorial. All right, we are in 100% agreement over those Class 4A games, so I'll move right on to Class 5A. I'm going Beach over Lincoln County, Munford over Clarksville, Gallatin over Columbia, Summit over Hillwood, Hillsboro over Page, and then Clarksville Northeast and uh, Henry County both have buys. Yep, and we're 100% agreement in that one as well. All right, well, in that case, let's go ahead and roll right on to Class 6A. I've got Brentwood over Cane Ridge. Hendersonville over Blackman, Independence over Laverne, Mount Juliet over Warren County, Oakland over Rossview, Ravenwood has already been awarded a COVID-19 win over Stewart's Creek, like we talked about, Riverdale over Wilson Central, and Franklin over Smyrna. Yeah, only one disagreement there. I've actually got Warren County at Mount Juliet for reasons I've already stated in this pod. Uh, I think Warren County has a shot to, to make a real run at it. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Mount Juliet's lost three of their last four, so we'll see. Now, Division Two Single A, Zach, what do you have there? Yeah, so I've got Friendship Christian over Jackson Christian. Middle Tennessee Christian has already got their COVID win over Columbia Academy. I've got Nashville Christian over Webb School. I've got Grace Christian Franklin over Trinity Christian. And, of course, Davidson Academy and DCA are on buys. Yeah, one difference there. I've got Trinity Christian over Grace Christian Franklin. I'd, I just don't see Grace Christian Franklin or GCA, as they're better known, as having the goods to get it done here in the playoffs. But who knows? Could be wrong. So we'll see how that one plays out. And then Division Two Double A CPA over Silverdale, ECS over over FRA. We've got a lot of acronyms going on here. Good Pasture over Knoxville Webb, Lipscomb Academy over St. George's, and BGA over North Point Christian. Yep, I'm exact. I'm in 100% order with that. All right. Well, we were flying through those, and that was actually the end because, as we mentioned, Division Two Class. 3A or triple A is going to release their bracket on Friday night slash Saturday morning. And so you'll have to wait to find out what happens there. But otherwise, Zach, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, it's come to a merciful end here. If you are still with, with us, congratulations. You get a, a nice pat on the back and a big thank you from all of us at main street preps. Zach, where are you going to be this Friday covering a game? Yeah. So I'm going to go over to Hendersonville. Uh, they're going to play black men in round one. That, that, that region is always so much fun in the playoffs. That Murfreesboro, Sumner County region slash uh, Wilson County region, a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to go over to Hendersonville. I'm going to see the Commandos try to defend their top seed out of region 4-6A. And obviously Blackman coming to town, that's not the beatable Blackman of the past. It's a game that I think Hendersonville can win and, and set up a, a good second-round matchup of what I presume to be Riverdale. How about you? Where are you going? Yeah, that'll be a great game. And I'm going to be uh, Cane Ridge at Brentwood. That's going to be a real interesting storyline there. Like I, like I mentioned with the COVID issues at Brentwood, 
Cambridge has had their struggles this year, but um, you know they won last week. They, they got a big win over Laverne, and so maybe just maybe they can take advantage if if Brentwood's missing people. Um, crazier things have happened, so we'll just have to see how that plays out. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. I mean, I know that. I know that's for certain. Be, I mean, hey, look, it's playoff football. I'm excited. You're excited. I mean, our readers and our listeners, I think, are excited. So be sure to stay tuned to everything that we've got going on. We've got podcasts. We've got articles. We've got uh, photo galleries. We have cross-country coverage this week. A lot of cross-country with the state championships going on in Hendersonville. So be sure to visit MainStreetPreps.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Twitter at MainStreetPreps. And like us on Facebook, simply MainStreetPreps. And thanks for listening today. And Zach, appreciate all your time. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.